Welcome to the Road Safety Podcast, the podcast that keeps driving for work and how to manage risks in the mind of people and business across Scotland. Our conversations will help you understand where driving for work sits within the safe system approach. We all have a part to play in keeping ourselves and each other safe on the roads. This podcast is brought to you by your host, Dr. Karen McDonnell. As Occupational Health and Safety Policy Advisor at ROSPA, I'm responsible for the delivery of the work of the Scottish Occupational Road Safety Alliance. Today we're going to be discussing an overview of the importance of managing occupational road risk as you would any other risk to your organisation. So to discuss this, I'm joined by Roger Bibbings, MBE, Partnership Consultant at ROSPA. Roger was ROSPA's Occupational Safety Advisor for nearly 20 years, retiring from the role in 2014. And prior to this, he was for 17 years Health and Safety Advisor at the Trades Unions Congress, where he worked closely with the Health and Safety Commission and Executive and also with the European Commission. He is the originator of ROSPA's work on the management of occupational road risk and perfectly placed to help you understand the concept and the steps towards managing the risk in your organisation. Hello, Roger. I was just going to ask initially, uh, could you briefly explain what is meant by driving for work? Well, driving for work is really being on the road, using a vehicle as part of your job. Not necessarily your actual job. There are many, many thousands of hundreds of thousands of people whose job is driving, particularly freight vehicles, delivery vehicles, um, passenger transport vehicles. If you think about it, there are actually very few jobs that you can do these days without having to be on the road in a vehicle in some capacity, going to a meeting, delivering services. Quite, that's quite apart from commuting uh, to work, which you may do in a vehicle. So vehicles and work closely bound up together. And we tend to not to think about the on-road part of our job. We tend to think about what it is we're going to do when we get to the venue, whether we're delivering a service or helping people in a crisis or we're just going to a meeting. Uh, We get there, if we're not using public transport, we get there usually by driving in a car, sometimes in a van, if we have to take equipment and things with us. We tend not to think about that as our job, but actually it's the most risky part of our working day. More people are killed on the road in the course of their work than in all other kinds of occupational accidents. Of course, the other, the other angle, of course, is that when you're out there on the road, you are potentially putting other road users at risk, particularly vulnerable road users, whether they're um, elderly people or cyclists, pedestrians, children, particularly um, if we're delivering goods, for example, in areas where children are going to school or for a play and so on. The, the road environment is inevitably uh, part of the working environment for hundreds of thousands of uh, workers. Uh, thankfully, Fatal injuries in some of our more dangerous industries, whether this is um, construction or agriculture, for example, uh, or heavy industries, those those injuries have reduced in recent years. But between a quarter and a third um, injuries that occur on on our roads are to do with at-work vehicles. And as I say, it's not just the, the, the person driving the vehicle who may be at risk or their passengers, but others in the environment round about them. How should businesses work the driving risk problem then? I mean, I've heard the three P's, people, policies, procedures. Uh, So how should businesses begin to start tackling the driving risk problem? The key word here is manage. It's something you have to manage and you have to be systematic about it. 
The one thing to avoid when dealing with any safety issue, or particularly risk on the road, is thinking that there's a silver bullet. There's one single thing you can do, and then you can forget about it, and it will look after itself. It's not like that. It's a, it's a multifaceted issue. It's something that you have to continue to work at. And the most important thing to do is to make sure that your business has got, as you say, the right policies, the right people properly trained, and the right procedures, the right processes in place so that you can continue to work at the problem. And the most, the most important thing to do is at the beginning is to actually stand back once you've established that this is a part of your overall health and safety plan, the most important thing to do is to stand back and take a cool look and say, well, how many vehicles have we got on the road? How many drivers? Um, how many miles are we doing? What sort of journeys are we doing? What sorts of incidents are we experiencing? How many crashes are we having? Uh, how serious are they? What are they costing us? And what have we learned? What do we know about our drivers? Uh, what do we know about their crash experience? How many points they've got in their license and so on? Build up a big picture. You've got to build up that big picture, first of all, of your overall road risk exposure uh, in order to be able to decide uh, what you're going to try and do about it. And then when you once you've decided what actions you're going to take to monitor the effect of those actions, to keep gathering information, not just on crashes, but on incidents and so on, and then make time and space to review what you're doing, how effective it is, and what you might be doing next. And the, the most important thing to do, the two, two very, well, three very important things, I would say. One is to signal in the organization that road risk is a serious matter and that uh, senior managers take it very seriously. And, uh, and they've got to demonstrate that by the way they behave on the road. Uh, and uh, what they do personally, get expert advice if you need it. And the third thing, which is the most important, is to consult with your staff, uh, your particularly your drivers and your trade union representatives if you have them, and to really make this a partnership effort. Because one, one thing we say in safety is you can only really do safety successfully with people. You can't do it to them. So unless you have trust, commitment, and buy-in, uh, from your drivers and your staff uh, to the importance of um, road safety at work, what you're, you're going to be able to achieve is very, very limited. And, and I emphasize I emphasize that point about partnership uh, because a lot of people say, well, it should, isn't this just down to, to the responsibility of our drivers when they're out on, on the road? They've got to obey the road traffic law, they've got to obey the highway code, they've got to act responsibly. Uh, yes, it's true that uh, when we're driving for work, we're in charge of a potentially lethal weapon and we've got to act responsibly as individuals. But there's lots of things that employers can do which can actually make the risk profile work, particularly um, their incentive to speed if drivers are driving when they're impaired, for example, through fatigue where there are distractions. Yeah, there's lots of things employers can do to make it worse. And conversely, there are lots of things employers can do, reduce risk and make the risk, pro the risk profile better. So it is a, it is a partnership. Uh, and that's why I say perhaps the most, the most important thing of those three things is the involvement and the consultation, which is probably the most important. And can we, can we just think for a moment about the safety of staff who may be at work on the road as pedestrians or uh, perhaps on motorcycles or cycling for work? Absolutely. If you're driving um, a car or a van, particularly to deliver a service, one minute you're a driver, or you may be a passenger, the next minute you get out of the car, 
you're an at-risk pedestrian. We know very well that people who are working in the road environment, such as people doing street works or uh, um, recycling, refuse collection, and so on, they're very much uh, vehicle recovery. They're very much at risk from collisions with passing traffic. But other people may be walking, they may be cycling. The government is encouraging us all to walk and cycle more. If you have that as part of your overall staff mobility, you need to think about that as well. Just as you would plan a journey, a journey route and time for a van, staff are going to be cycling places, get them to think about what cycleways they're using, avoiding um, high-speed roads uh, and so on. So uh, it applies to it applies to all forms of transport. And the other thing, of course, to remember is that al- although there is the responsibility of employees to be safe when they're commuting for work, uh, if they're cycling to work or riding on the motorcycle or whatever it is, from the employer's point of view, from the business point of view, it doesn't really matter uh, whether they have an accident during working hours or where or where during the time they're uh, getting to or going away from the workplace. It still impacts them, their colleagues, it impacts the team, it impacts the business. And so in that sense, uh, the employer's uh, moral and uh, business responsibility for people's safety sort of extends 24-7. And one of the benefits of addressing occupational road risk as a mainstream health and safety issue is that it will help people to focus on road safety, focus on their awareness, focus on their attitudes, and help them uh, be safer drivers and riders um, in their leisure time as well. Yeah, I think I think that emphasis is really, really valuable as uh, we move towards reaching the targets of Scotland's road safety framework to 2030. In terms of a simple approach to risk assessment, uh, can you give us just a couple of pointers for people who are starting to think about uh, the topic in more detail about what would be the, the simplest way forward in terms of risk assessing driving risk? Well, I think you've got to, as I say, you've got to look at it all, all around. It's a question of looking and uh, see what you can do, ensure safe driver, uh, safe vehicle, safe journey. Uh, we tend to start with the drivers and say, well, we've got to make sure the drivers are safe. But uh, let's look, for, first of all, at the journey. When are, what routes are we requiring people to take? Um, are they congested? What times of day do they go past? high-risk areas like um, uh, schools and um, more populated areas, for example? Are there no areas where there's known um, congestion and uh, things that are going to slow up the delivery of the service as well? And then we come to the vehicle. We spend a lot of time thinking about, is the vehicle safe for the driver? In other words, has it got crash resistance? And uh, will I, if, it, if things do go wrong, will our driver be safe in the crash and so on? The important thing to think about is, uh, is that vehicle as safe as it possibly can be so that it doesn't impact anybody else on the road adversely? Um, so, for example, basic things like, is it the right vehicle for the job? Is it got good uh, visibility? Has it got additional safety features that will help stop uh, will help stop up and crashes in the first place. And then finally, of course, you come to the driver. What do we know about the driver? First of all, are they are they licensed? Um, are they permitted to be on the road? How many points and have they had? How many crashes and incidents have they been involved in? Uh, we, we may choose to do some kind of driver assessment to look at uh, their driving ability, uh, whether it's an online, a very fair form of online assessment, or in-vehicle assessment, well, we may look at health issues. 
Or we may actually look, if, we're, if we've got good line management, and the key to, to uh, the safe management of staff is line management. Line management who are aware of people who've got um, impaired health or they've got poor sleep experience, which is uh, very much a problem these days with uh, younger people looking after young children, young families, and who are experiencing broken sleep, or perhaps older people who are looking after um, elderly and frail relatives, and again are up in the night. Poor sleep and uh, fatigue are very much issues that need to be worked into risk assessment. Uh, what keeps people safe is having a clear approach to planning for safety and a clear approach to managing safety so that we can make adjustments where we need to so that we don't send people out on long journeys, uh, for example, when we know they're going to have to return home and we haven't made uh, arrangements for them to stay overnight, for example, when we know they're going to be much too tired to drive home. You've, you've certainly highlighted the importance of uh, safe drivers, safe vehicle and safe journey uh, interventions and the importance of a dynamic approach to risk assessment. So how would the information gathered through this risk assessment process and sharing what works through SCORSA make a difference? Well, I think the important thing is to uh, not, try to, uh, not try to reinvent wheels, but to recognise there are lots and lots of other businesses across the country who are work, who've been working on this issue very hard for a long time. Sharing, sharing and comparing with other businesses with similar problems or perhaps with businesses that aren't like you uh, can be really useful and give you lots of insights into to avoid or to uh, things to do which you hadn't necessarily thought, thought of. For example, there are lots of businesses now using technology uh, to monitor vehicle movements, try to establish patterns, for example, between incidents, other, other safety factors in the, in the risk assessment. I think the important thing to do is to use networks like SCORSA, ask questions if you're unsure, uh, share things you're proud of, share things which have worked for you. So, that, For example, if you develop ways of uh, drivers, for example, carrying out risk assessments and sharing information with each other uh, for safety, don't be afraid to share that with other businesses uh, on the grounds that you think, oh, well, maybe it isn't as good as what other people have done. If you think it's good, tell other people about it. And equally, if you're confused, if you're not sure what kinds of interventions are necessary, what the law requires, what insurers may require and so on, ask other businesses what their experience has been. Because together, by sharing this sort of information, we're much more likely to arrive at a better result quicker, therefore make people safer, maybe even save lives. Many thanks to our guest, Roger Bibbings, uh, and thanks to you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your usual podcast provider so you don't miss an episode, and we'd love it if you could leave a review. It really makes the podcast easier for others to find. I'm Karen McDonnell, and thank you for listening. 